This is the third video he's um, doing on niacin. <clears throat> um, it goes into the details of the AIM High study. AIM High was the original study in the US, uh, published in the New England Journal about 2012, um, that <clears throat> docs used to say, look, um, niacin doesn't work. <clears throat> and what's interesting is, as I covered in a, in a recent related video, this is the author of that study. In this YouTube, he's saying, look, in this video, he's saying, he made the statement, docs are going to see this AIM High study, our AIM High study in the New England Journal. They're going to turn around and quit using it, using niacin. But niacin works. That would be a mistake. Sure enough, that's what's happened. Now, <clears throat> this video is not so much about that. I've covered that in another one. It was sort of a short teaser. This video goes into a lot more detail around the AIM High study. For example, what is it that the, uh, that the study showed that doctors are saying, ah, niacin doesn't work? Well, <clears throat> let's go. Um, coming right out of the blocks. In summary, this is, this is information out of the study itself <clears throat> from the New England Journal. Again, as I said, I'll put a, a reference to the New England Journal article for you so you can find it. Hopefully, um, you can find a, uh, an available version to look at. But again, I'm going to be covering a lot of details out of it here. Um, <clears throat> December 15th, 2011, New England Journal of Medicine. Niacin in patients with uh, low HDL cholesterol levels receiving intensive statin therapy or the AIM-HIGH investigators. So, <clears throat> in summary, this is their, their summary. The AIM-HIGH trial was designed... Uh, to look at treatment of niacin plus a statin as compared with statin alone. Now, in such patients who had established non-acute cardiovascular disease and guideline-driven, intensely, intensively controlled levels of LDL, in other words, these patients were on statins already. They'd been on statins for an average of four years. Now, in that group, we found no incremental benefit. So that's problem number one. I know there's a lot of statin haters out there, and if you're a statin hater, don't give up just yet because this has a significant, very significant impact for you. One of the things this study is saying and says multiple times, if you're not taking a statin, the AIM High study has no impact on you. In other words, we know niacin works. We know it decreases HDL. It decreased uh, the HDL in, in these patients, uh, decreased the LDL, and uh, I mean increased the HDL, decreased the uh, LDL, and decreased triglyceride levels. In fact, that is the next statement. Over the follow-up period of 36 months, there were significant, despite significant, increases in HDL, the good cholesterol, um, decreases in triglycerides and decreases in LDL. They still didn't see an impact in terms of heart attack, stroke, um, cardiovascular events. Now, <clears throat> two points about that. One is, uh, that gets sort of like the, you know, the recent studies that I uh, presented. There were, there were a group of studies regarding aspirin. Ascend, Aspire, Aspree, 
several aspirin studies basically showing much less impact with aspirin uh, for diabetics, aspirin for older folks. And <clears throat> what you're seeing in the theme there was aspirin doesn't seem to be helping as much because we're already managing blood pressure better. We're managing uh, diabetes better. We're decreasing people's overall risk for heart attack and stroke. That was what happened with this study, the niacin study, way back in 2011-2012. Uh, Aim High again was a study of people that a lot of a lot of uh, control had already been established. So <clears throat> again, if you're a statin hater, you're not going to take statins. Don't think that Aim High says that um, niacin doesn't work. It does. Now let's say you are taking statins and you're saying, well, if I'm taking a statin, should I not, does this mean that I shouldn't um, take a niacin? Well, <clears throat> that depends. And again, we'll get a little bit more deeper into the details. Before we do though, let's cover, go back and cover this item. Follow-up period of 36 months. Now, if you look at, what's wrong with that? If you look at the uh, research on niacin, and again, there are not three or four studies. There are dozens and dozens of studies. See my original uh, video on this. They show improvement in cardiovascular uh, rates, outcomes, about 10 years. So what you saw here was a, um, an improvement of the uh, the indicators, HDL, LDL, uh, triglycerides, at two years. And then over the next 12 months, they wanted to see a change in heart attack stroke. That's just too short of a period. So again, these are all reasons why the original author was saying, this is, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. We expected to see huge improvements from niacin we didn't see them in these well-controlled populations, and we had to stop the study early. So <clears throat> be careful about overinterpreting it. <clears throat> um, now let's go back and, and talk for just a minute about uh, another thing. This is uh, the American College of Cardiology. They're describing the study, AIM High. AIM High, like all these studies, Esprit, Aspire, um, AIM High, uh, HPS2, Thrive, all these studies are basically named from acronyms. The acronym here is uh, Atherothrombosis Intervention in Metabolic Syndrome, Low HDL Hydrogliglycerides. So, <clears throat> let's go back and, and understand what that means. What does it mean when you have low HDL and high triglycerides? Uh, I've got several videos on that. Um, if you've watched any of them, you're beginning to understand. It means you've got insulin resistance. Insulin, if your blood sugar is high routinely, your insulin is high. Insulin decreases it stops the uh, burning of fats. So triglycerides go up if your insulin is routinely high. Or in other words, if you have metabolic syndrome. What happens to your HDL if, you're, um, if you have metabolic syndrome? Low HDL. So that's the whole idea behind this study. 
they're taking people with metabolic syndrome. In other words, they've got low HDL, high triglycerides. And here's the other thing. <clears throat> they're saying, we've given them statins. Does this supplement niacin help? Well, <clears throat> there was, what about weight loss? What about cutting the carbs in their diet? What about uh, managing the other pieces of lifestyle, which we know are more important than statins and more important than uh, supplements. Like my friend John Lorscheider likes to say, you cannot supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle. So <clears throat> these people had metabolic syndrome. They, were, they had been on statins for a long time, and now they were not doing anything about lifestyle, but they were hoping to overcome the rest of the problem with niacin. It's not going to do it. But does that mean that niacin doesn't work? No. Again, you go back to the original comment by the study author. Okay, so this is, most of this is repetitive. We've already covered it. Uh, <clears throat> among patients with, uh, conclusions among patients with already controlled uh, or managed cardiovascular disease, um, LDL less than 70, they were on statins for a long time. No incremental clinical benefit uh, by adding niacin to statin therapy. Um, again, uh, I've already covered a lot of that, 36-month period. But here's one thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned. People look at these studies and they always say, oh, there's a lot of big pharma haters out there. And... Uh, I have my episodes, uh, a lot of hating with Big Pharma as well. I do not receive money from Big Pharma. So I'm going to make a point here that <clears throat> uh, the Big Pharma haters are not going to like, but it's reality. Abbott Labs was one of the funder, funding groups for this study. Don't you think that they would have wanted to show and that they expected to show a positive uh, improvement from their product. I think this was Niaspan. Yes, they did. Did they show it? No, they didn't. They put it in, they were part of funding it, putting it in the New England Journal that <clears throat> they didn't think it worked. So, <clears throat> again, a lot of uh, details about this, uh, about these studies. Let's go on and talk about a couple of other things. Now, as I said before, all the patients had already been receiving simvastatin. That was the statin they were using, 40 to 80 milligrams. Um, primary endpoints, coronary heart disease, death, uh, non-fatal MI, ischemic stroke, hospitalization for acute cardiac, coronary syndrome. So again, those, those items on the um, study design are fairly clear. Um, <clears throat> 34 uh, 3,414 patients, um, that's a good number. Trial was stopped after a mean follow-up of three years due to a lack of efficacy. Now, here's one of the problems that I mentioned before. I don't know what their original study design was, but three years, it was clearly going to be longer than three years, and I think that was obvious based on how long it takes niacin to have an impact. But again, they started seeing some interesting data coming out uh, they looked at it, they, um, other people got involved, and they decided, you know what, we need to shut the study down. Despite the fact that at two years, niacin therapy had significantly increased 
uh, HDL from 35 to 42, lowered the triglycerides from 164 to 122, and lowered the LDL from 74 to 62. Again, all very positive uh, impacts. I don't think those are impacts that are going to show in a population of 3,000 people in less than 12 months. And again, at two years, you had 12 months or less to, uh, to show that impact in terms of those, those outcomes. Um, <clears throat> a couple of other things to uh, uh, clarify. As I said earlier, Abbott was uh, helping fund AIM High. They, they donated Niospan, their product, and um, uh, Merck donated the Simvastatin. Uh, companies that provided financial support had no role in oversight or design. And again, I know there's a lot of big pharma haters out there. You're not believing me, but tell me that big pharma wanted to fund something that said their product didn't work. I don't think so. Now let's go back and, and just do some brief comments regarding some of the other uh, videos that you see out there. I mentioned one uh, which covered the, um, the uh, <clears throat> it was the American Heart Association coverage of the author of the AIM High study saying, unfortunately, people are going to see, doctors are going to see this and um, overinterpret, quit using niacin. He was right. That's what happened. And that not, he also said niacin works. We know that. He was also right about that. So we threw the baby out with the bathwater. What's this study? This was my first study. Talking about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I wanted to get a lot of good uh, interesting detail on here, and as we're showing this, you're probably saying, what in the heck is, has that got to do with niacin? That's the a standard clinical picture of pellagra. Um, if you get a niacin deficiency, you get one of the things you get is um, a dermatitis. That is a very bad case of it. <clears throat> I uh, talk about other ways of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I got I started having a senior moment in terms of verbals, and I started listing uh, vitamin um, B3 as vitamin D3. In other words, I was calling niacin vitamin D3. I started to take that video down, but I've had 30,000 uh, views on it. Compared to less than 7, 000, uh, 700, or about seven or 800 views on that earlier video from the guy that did the study himself, um, that's why I'm trying to get that study out there, that uh, video. Another thing this brings up is where, are, where is niacin used in terms of the body? Well, it's used a lot in uh, oxygen, oxidation reduction activities. It's also used a lot in uh, DNA, DNA and RNA repair. Um, <clears throat> and once you start talking about oxidation reduction um, health, reversing uh, aging, you start getting into David Sinclair's um, anti-aging pill. I'm not going to go there today. <clears throat> I am actually, though, going to give you a couple of spoilers regarding the other big study that, <clears throat> um, that deep-sixed uh, niacin with most docs. That study was called the HPS2 Thrive. Um, and here, this, this was also in the New England Journal. This was in 2014, about 18 months after the other study. Here's, this, here's basically what you saw from the HPS2 Thrive. 
HPS2 Thrive showed that uh, adding niacin loropiprint. Now, loropiprint was what you they what um, Merck, I believe, added to niacin to make it a low flush, no flush product. And um, when they did that, it looks like they did away with the impact. But we'll, we'll go on. We'll go on and, and talk about it a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> you'll hear discussions and pronunciations of, of la or laropiprint. Most of the time, it's laropiprint. Um, so here is the thing: the H2 HPS2 uh, Thrive study basically showed um, not any significant uh, cardiovascular improvement, adding long-acting niacin with people with cardiovascular problems. Again, we had the same problem. They were already um, taking medications. They were already uh, fairly well controlled. And the, um, the impact was just not there. Again, there's also the concern that loropiprint may do away with the impact of niacin. <clears throat> so here's another thing that happened with the, the niacin, and I'll, I'll cover the HPS2 Thrive, Thrive studies a little bit later. I don't have time to go into the details on that. Again, just a couple of teasers. Now, <clears throat> there was another a uh, big issue that came up as a result of both of these studies. In the AIM High study, they started to see some... One of the reasons they closed it down was they saw increased uh, strokes in the group that was taking um, niacin. That was what drove them to shut the study down early. So there were several other articles that came out later. The safety profile of extended-release niacin in the AIM, AIM High trial. Well, after they excuse me, open the study books up, what they found was the safety problem with uh, niacin looked the same that it always had. There was, there was a small cluster of people that had strokes early in the um, niacin trial, but they had it uh, at a time when the niacin would not have uh, created that. So again, more hobgoblins, more witch hunt, more reasons to just, um, for the doc to just, quote, be safe and discourage use of niacin. So here's the, here's the summary on the uh, AIM High niacin safety issue. In summary, in the AIM High trial, treatment with extended release niacin was associated with significantly increased risk of certain adverse uh, events. Uh, examination of the entire record of all adverse events suggests other possible side effects uh, of this proprietary extended release formulation. Um, the findings concerning a serious uh, adverse infectious events have not been previously reported, they, and they, they won't be. That was just something that happened with that one study, uh, or at least that's what it appears from reviewing the rest of the literature. So uh, I would agree with them. Their overall statement is this. We believe they should be considered to be provisional and exploratory. In other words, what we call in uh, review of science, 
a signal, something happened, do we know that this is reliable and something we're going to see over and over again? Or was this just something that happened at random? Um, <clears throat> last comment, and then I'll let you go. It's a, another comment about the big, for, uh, for the big pharma haters. Like in Aim High, uh, HPS2 Thrive had some, um, had some big pharma involvement. It was funded by Merck. Merck was making the product that had loropapron with niacin. If Merck wanted something to show, uh, to come out of this study, it clearly wasn't that it didn't work. Merck wanted this study to show that it did work because then suddenly they would have turned uh, a supplement, a successful supplement, into a blockbuster medication. That's not what uh, came out of that study. They basically said the extended, uh, the addition of extended release niacin loropropron to statin-based LDL lipid lowering therapy did not reduce the risk of major vascular disease. So again, to cap it off, we, we covered a lot of details. Uh, to cap it off, let me just see if I can summarize some items. There were uh, docs agreed and recommended use of niacin up until eight, ten years ago, and then they stopped. One of the major reasons was the publication of a study called AIM High in the New England Journal. Um, basically, that study um, did not show a significant difference in people that were already on statins, and in a very short time period, uh, even though the niacin was decreasing their HDL, increasing their HDL and decreasing their LDL and triglycerides. So it had, because of the, um, that study signal of increased uh, negative impacts from the niacin, um, they had to stop the study. After analyzing it, they thought that the uh, negative impacts, the safety thing was a red herring. Either way, it did not show a significant improvement. So docs were taking, you know, they were doing like this, trying to figure out, well, does niacin work or not? We've seen for decades that it does, and now all of a sudden, um, maybe, maybe not. Well, then you get another study with another competitor, uh, one from Abbott, one from uh, Merck. It's called HPS2 uh, Thrive. And it didn't work either in terms of um, helping people who are already on statins in a short time period. So several things to learn from this. Number one, I, uh, I don't think I would want to take uh, any niacins that have other chemicals in them like loropropron. Number two, um, it's the whole statin hater issue. It's let, that, you know what? <clears throat> um, if you're a statin hater and you've been and you haven't been on statins, ignore all of this stuff. You need to be taking niacin, uh, if you especially if you have metabolic syndrome or any problems uh, related to cardiovascular disease. Here's the third issue: talking about metabolic syndrome and problems related to cardiovascular disease. Yes, statins help; they decrease um, um, plaque lipid content, fat content, overall plaque size. But as we all know, the statin haters will tell you, 
uh, they come, that comes with a cost. Um, if you're going to use statins, use a very low dose um, and be careful how you do it. Now, here's one of the bigger items. It's, again, a quote from my friend John. You cannot supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle. So <clears throat> they, weren't, they did not uh, crash these people's uh, carbs. They didn't put these people on low-carb diets. They didn't have these people monitoring uh, their blood sugars to make sure they uh, were 100 or less. They still got um, some significant improvements in their triglyceride and HDL ratio. But <clears throat> again, do the right thing, manage lifestyle. So it's lifestyle number one. Um, and yes, triglycerides and uh, HDL are the big issue. Number two, sometimes a statin or a, a prescription drug will help. Again, if you're a statin hater, there's plenty of good reasons to be a statin hater. If you are, then neither of these studies has anything to do with you. You need to be taking niacin. So again, I hope this was helpful. We uh, bounced around into a lot of the key studies that um, uh, people have been misinterpreting uh, to mean that, statin, that niacin doesn't work. Actually, niacin does. Thanks for your interest.